And welcome to the show, everyone. I'm your host, Dr. TJ. With me, as always, is Aaron. Hello. Hello. <laughs> um, so today we are, on, on this wonderful Wellness 101 show, we are going to talk about preventive medicine and basically can why- Can we talk about preventive or preventative? Because we, we can. I just feel like some people are going to listen to this and say- do they mean preventative medicine? They may, but they, I, I no offense out there, but they would be wrong. Um, it's preventive, not preventative. We have had a ridiculous amount of discussion over what is the proper term. It's really taken place right here prior to the show. <laughs> and I have been outvoted, even though I know that I'm correct. Yeah. Uh, the internet says it's either no, way. Yeah. The, no, the internet is does not say that. And I only no, it say, does say that. <laughs> I'm not saying everything on the internet is right. I'm just saying that the internet says that. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. It's preventive. <laughs> All right. But it doesn't you, necessarily basically sound what right. what Aaron's saying is partway through this show today, she might say the word preventative. Yes. And she's not meaning that as an offensive term to those of us who know that preventative <laughs> is an oh incorrect term. <laughs> it doesn't sound right to say preventive. Yeah, well, it is right. Right. That's yeah. sorry. That's that's the uh, that's how it works. So what we're going to talk about today is preventive medicine. We're going to talk about why we think that you should consider preventive medicine, what preventive medicine actually is, and then five ways that it can benefit your health and your wallet. I mean, this is a this is one of those hot button topics for me. Um, and hopefully I'll, I'll not let the button get too pushed too hard on this. But what we know of now or what we're fed as of now as preventive medicine is really truly not preventive medicine it's it's early detection so you know changing the schedule at which we go in and look at things i'm i'm all on board with i i'm perfectly fine if they suggest that we do colonoscopies earlier rather than later i'm perfectly fine if they recommend you know Breast, some sort of breast exam earlier than later, a prostate exam earlier than later, blood work more frequently than than later. But don't confuse preventative. See, I said it so they'd both look at me. Don't don't confuse preventive what they're terming as preventive medicine with actual true preventive medicine. What modern medicine is doing and claiming is preventive medicine is they're throwing out there. It's what they're doing is early detection and early detecting isn't saving you money. Early detection means longer treatment times, more expensive testing and follow up testing, more frequent testing. And it's it's not really impact impacting life. I mean, the, it the, could. the objective here that I'm trying to get across is preventive medicine is actually preventing the thing from happening in the first place. Right. It's preventing type two diabetes, not detecting that you have it earlier. Right. But I mean, there's nothing wrong with detecting it as early as possible. We're just saying we could be doing so much better. We could be doing a million times better. And that's really, you know, what the... I'm sorry if you're 75, 80 years old and you're getting your Medicare wellness checkup. That's not a wellness checkup. That's let's see what's wrong so we can throw some meds at it. Right. Yeah. I mean, really, because you get to a certain age and I mean, we see patients all the time who, you know, tell us, you know, confirm what we already know 
that they just start throwing medication at you. Yeah. And then we're just told, well, you're older. You're, we, you need it. You need more medication. You need just, more medication. Just a week or two ago, we had a person in and I, I'd, I'd set in on the on the initial visit and and I'd stepped in to say hi to them on their on their follow up. And and Nick was talking to them about their follow up. And the the guy literally sat there and said, the doctor that I went to told me that 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 they needed to, I needed to keep seeing them because he had an entire arsenal of medications at his disposal and he would figure out in time he would figure out what combination of medications that he needed to make him well really is that's is, is that really i mean is that really what that doctor thinks that his arsenal of medication is going to be what helps this guy's problem yeah I mean, I think really? that it probably is. <sighs> I mean, I don't think that doctors are doing this thinking like, well, this isn't going to help them. I just think they don't know. I mean, we know that doctors are not taught nutrition. That's, that's true. You're probably right. It's I just frustrating, except with preventative and <laughs> except, preventive. Except you are wrong on that one. <laughs> um, so basically, um, let's let's dive into this. So Harvard researchers basically put out a thing. This is some old data, right? Because some of this data is hard to come across and find uh, because they haven't ran enough number. They haven't had the data long enough to run all the numbers. But in 2009, Harvard researchers found that 62% of all bankruptcies in 2007 were a direct result of medical debt. It's still the number one reason today. It's still the number one reason people file bankruptcy is due to medical debt. And we're living now in a society where everyone has to have health insurance. So what does that tell you? Right, because this is happening with people even even though they have coverage, health insurance. Yes, yeah. the vast majority of these individuals have coverage. This isn't this this health coverage bill didn't fix that. Right. Well, and I want to say, I mean, I know I've talked about this on the show before, but in my own illness, you know, I went years where I was not even functioning. I mean, it was. Horrible before, you know, and I went to doctor after doctor who kept saying, you know, I don't know, there's nothing wrong with you. Like, basically, you must be crazy. I don't know. Um, Maybe this is, you know, anorexia or something. Um, And I was on the verge of bankruptcy. I mean, I had gotten myself to the point where I... We, I mean, I wasn't able to work. I wasn't able to function at all. And, and look at it today. You're a self-made hundred air. <laughs> <laughs> Dreams do come true. <laughs> Dreams come true. <laughs> yep. In a short 10 years. Here I am. <laughs> short 10 years. Here you are. Self-made hundred air. No, but I mean, and it. Talking I, on weekends, doing a radio show just to make ends meet. It's glorious. Well, and I really, but I mean, <laughs> you think about it like this is why I do this. I want people to know yeah. like there is a reason why. I mean, I get it. I get because I've been there. Um, and, you know, I got to the point where I was like, you know, I knew the path that I was going down. And I said, OK, I am not going to sit here and wait for the debt to eventually swallow me up. I'm going to take this last bit of credit that I have. And go out and find a doctor who will actually help and try to figure out what is wrong. And that's what I did. And I did it on credit. And here I am today. Everything has been paid off. And I'm, you know, I'm doing really well now. But if I hadn't taken that chance, I mean, health insurance would have never made me healthy. I had health insurance. Right. I was never without insurance. But what insurance covered never 
led me to any tiny thing that was wrong with me. And we've talked about this before. I had multiple problems. I, you know, I had three autoimmune conditions, three because it was never caught. So they, like we've talked about before, they pile on each other. So preventive medicine is, I mean, really what we should all be focusing on because it can prevent you from getting into a situation, not only, you know, physically and medically, but financially that you just don't want to be in, in a hole that you can't crawl out of. Right. And, you know, so the big question out there is why should you even consider preventive medicine? And it's, it's pretty simple, really. I mean, the, Everybody has their hand in the cookie jar. The government's there. Health insurance companies are there. Conventional doctors are there. And then on the outside, looking at everyone with their hand trying to reach into this cookie jar are those of us that practice preventive or functional medicine. And we all have our own opinions on what preventive medicine is. To me, preventive medicine, like I said before, has nothing to do with catching something early. It's actually preventing it from ever happening. How, I mean, yeah, if how you great would that be? actually have it, we will catch it as early as we possibly right. can. But why not catch it? There are, it's not like you all of a sudden cross this line and you have disease. There right. is a whole process. And that's where I think people and, get frustrated. That's why they come in to see us because. And that's where blood labs, the you, blood labs, like let's use thyroid peroxidase antibodies, for instance, because it gives you, it gives you the number over nine means you have autoimmune thyroid. But what if you're making seven? You're not technically diseased. You're not technically autoimmune thyroid, but you're sure in the world on your way. You're not less than one like a healthy person should be. You're in that middle of ground. And according to modern medicine, you're perfectly healthy and you're perfectly fine. And that's fine. what they would tell you. And I can tell you that because I was in that situation, not with thyroid peroxidase antibodies, but, because nobody ever ran that test. Right. <laughs> they ran my TSH 500 times, but nobody ever ran the whole thyroid panel. But I mean, I was like that with, you know, my, uh, you know, T4 and T3, which obviously were not, you know, neither was very good. And nobody ever said anything because medically I was still in normal range. Because the ranges are TSH, I was still in the normal range. Um, And so that, you know, I think that's where this is really coming out of us, you know, and we get so many patients who are like, they were in the same position that I was, Um, you know, I may have been farther down the path, but where you're saying, Something isn't right, and doctors just keep telling you, nope, you're fine. And so then people are left with, okay, well, what do I do with that? Right. I mean, what's what's mind-boggling is if you go to the CDC's website – they right on their website it says preventing disease is key to improving america's health and keeping rising health costs under control the only way we're going to keep health costs under control is if we don't have the disease to begin with i mean it's just ridiculous how much money we spend on chronic diseases right. and 100% of chronic diseases are preventable and think about this i mean if you have if you're diagnosed with type 2 diabetes when you're 40 as opposed to 70, did we decrease cost? Oh, no. no. God, we skyrocketed costs. Your insurance skyrocketed. Your medication skyrocketed. Every year that you're, when you're diagnosed with type 2 diabetes, as of right now, it's $13,000 per year more that you will pay in increased um, cost of medications, increased cost of doctor, or increased doctor visits, time off of work, um, and did I say insurance rate increase insurance? All of this stuff factors in. It's thirteen thousand dollars per year more. 
you know what we can do with someone gives us $13,000 at the Institute of Natural Health? My gosh, we can treat them for years. And actually reverse the diabetes. And help them yeah, I mean, not I mean, have the problem. Right. I mean, like not just treat them and try to keep it from getting a lot worse or slow down the progression. There are a lot of these diseases like type 2 diabetes you can actually reverse. Right. All right. We got to take a break. When we come back, we're going to continue talking about preventive medicine, what it means, what it is, and and easy ways that preventive medicine can help your health and your wallet. You're listening to Wellness 101. And welcome back to the show. Today, we're talking about preventive medicine, what it is, and how it can save you money, basically. And before the break, we uh, it was a pretty heated conversation on, you know, what our beliefs of of preventive medicine and how they they differ from what um, basically health insurance companies and government thinks the, of preventive medicine, but I mean our, with with preventive care, it's really important that we prevent these issues from coming. This is the biggest reason why I feel that that you know people. All of you listeners out there are going to benefit way more by going to a a functional medicine, preventive medicine um, practitioner than you will a conventional doc. They they catch things once it's already happened. They're not telling you, oh, you're trending towards a problem. That's the that's a huge difference. If if you've got someone in your corner that can look at your blood values and and different lab values, specialty labs, and say, oh yeah, we're actually trending towards this issue. We need to do these things to reverse that. That's where you need to be. We need to stop this before it actually starts, right? I mean, if you're if if you're I mean, we're exposed to hundreds of thousands of chemicals on a daily basis. We've got to be able to detoxify these chemicals. They're in our land. They're in our air. They're in our in our water. I mean, we've got groups out there that are that are doing their best to decrease pollution in our land, air, and water. But you're not going to be able to stop at all. And so you have to have a properly functioning system to be able to detoxify this. Well, if you don't have a properly functioning system, you're not able to detoxify these things. You may end up with aches and pains. Obesity, digestive issues, things like leaky gut. We've talked about leaky gut on this show millions of different times. Headaches. I mean, all these problems and complaints, are they really health issues or are they just symptoms of a much bigger problem to come? And a lot of times these these little symptoms are really just big red flashing light indicators that something much bigger is coming if we don't do something immediately. I mean, we're talking about things like we said before, diabetes, cancer, metabolic syndrome. I mean, what if you can do things to prevent this from happening or ridiculously reduce your risk? That's a all of this stuff is so so important, but I mean many times people just they either deny that it's going on, they turn a blind eye. I mean, I, I can't tell you the number of times that we've heard stories of, you know, someone saying, well, you know, so-and-so um, had a heart attack and, you know, they're no longer with us. And you start really talking about the, you know, having conversation with the person that that lost their loved one. And they're like, yeah, they, you know, they, they were fine yesterday. And you talk a little more, you talk a little more, and then you find out, well, yeah, they, you know, they had been complaining of, of being a little more tired and, and I notice that they fall asleep, you know, earlier in the day, or I notice that they get winded when they try to go up and downstairs. I mean, they're just all these symptoms that they just deny, 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 and they they didn't want to 
deal with. They're like, oh, it'll get better. You know, oh, I've got a stomachache. Oh, it'll get better. I have stomachaches all the time. Or, oh, this headache isn't that bad today. How many headaches do you have in a week? Oh, I don't know. I have one or two every single day. Headaches are not normal. Yeah, but let's, I mean, you say all of that, but I also think that a lot of people, you know, yeah, you have the people who are just not addressing it, but you also have the people that are going into their doctors and saying, I have this, and then the doctors run tests and they're like, no, you're fine. So, I mean, right. you know, it's... Well, those people obviously need antipsychotic medication. Right. That's what I learned. <laughs> and then you're crazy. If they don't find anything wrong with you and you're still complaining, then you must be crazy. You've got to be crazy. If you're a woman, because I feel like that... Well, yeah, because guys never go to the doctor. Right. <laughs> so Is how would it? we know? Yeah, we don't. And there's no point in going to the doctor. Um, silly and, doctors. And, and we're joking about that. Right. We yes. actually have um, a very even... Um, but you know, I mean, demographics. Base. Yeah. yeah, it's surprising, and it, but I do, other guys get surprised when they walk in. They're like, "Holy cow, we have a room full of guys!" Right. And I've had a lot of people that have said, "You know, what is it? You know, mostly like you know, older to middle aged women." And I'm like, "No, we no. are really split. Um, you know, amongst you know, old and young. And I mean, you know, we've yeah. got babies. A lot of babies that yeah come in with their parents, generally not by themselves. Not by but. themselves. Yeah." <laughs> Yeah. Well, at least their parents drop them off. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it's just, you know, people think, out there thinking that are that are trying to deny like, oh, well, it'll go away. I mean, this is it's such it's such a problem. And, you know, this. Oh, someday I'll do this. Someday I'll do that. And then someday never comes. And next thing you know, they've got some, you know, severe chronic disease that's just debilitating them. And all of this stuff could have been could have been prevented right. with the right doctor getting the right testing and getting the right nutrition back into that body to make that person as healthy as they could possibly right. be. And we're certainly not talking about, you know, I mean, you may have a stomach ache one day. Well, you don't need to rush in and say, oh, gosh, you know, what is this? What's going on? Or, you know, I mean, every once in a while, you know, I mean, if you get a headache, um, we're talking about, you know, multiple days or, you know, having something that, you know, or even, you know, a few days a month. Okay, well, then that's that's not normal. But, I right. mean, you know, if you experience a problem, you know, once a year or something, we're not saying you better get in there. Right. You know, this is a huge issue because, I mean, we are all living life, right? We're right. living in the modern world. But, Things might happen. You know, that's you say that, but there was a lady just uh, six, eight days ago in the clinic and I walked out, was talking to some people that were getting IVs, and she was like, Doc, I just wanted to tell you, after getting these IVs, this is the first winter that I can remember not getting sick. I had no cold, no cough, no flu, no nothing. This is the first time. Yeah, well, I can back that up because, I mean, before I started getting IVs, um, yeah, I would get sick multiple. I used to laugh. Um, well, not really laugh, but, I mean, I used to say if somebody around me thought about getting sick, I would get it. I mean, it was like right. my immune system was so depleted. I can't remember the last time I was sick. I mean, it just and that's great. I mean, it's a great position to be in, but the IVs make a huge difference. Right. Right. So, I mean, the the old saying that health is wealth is is so, so true. Right. Disease is expensive. It's it's costly. The diseases just attributed to smoking throughout the world cost $422 billion just in health-related expenses, right? Obesity is another one. So in the United States, do you have do you have any idea how much obesity costs in the United States? Do I? Yeah. I, I do not. Exactly. 
and I think our listeners are going to be baffled at this. There's a range. They don't really know for certain. The range is somewhere between 147 and 210 billion dollars a year. We're off by 60 billion dollars. We have no clue. It's a 60 billion dollar range. At four at at 210 billion dollars a year, we're spending more than a half a billion a day. Wow. Right? We're spending just just under uh, 600 um, million dollars a day on just obesity-related complications with right. health. Well, and I think, and we've talked about that's, this that's, on the show that's, before. That's more than what the debt's going up. Right. I mean, th- it's insane. And I think one of the problems, too, is that, you know, we hear that, you know, I mean, I think at this day and age, you know, hearing that smoking um, costs us a lot in health-related expenses makes sense to most people. It right. took a long time to get here. Right. But obesity, too, I think we've, we're getting to the point where people are like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. What I think the hang-up is that we see a lot um, is that we're, we have this weird sliding scale as far as what people see as obesity. Right. They think of it, obesity as someone being just you know, can't hardly move like yeah, that can't, big. Can't get out of their house. We a lot of times, I have many times heard people talk about, oh, well, obesity is a problem when they themselves are absolutely on the obese. I mean, you know, on the right. scale would be considered obese. So I think our, we are getting to where our perception is off and we don't even know what's normal anymore because it's becoming it's common. Because two thirds of America are overweight or right. obese. So that doesn't, so, so when someone is just, you know, they will be like, well, I'm a little overweight. And it's like, no, actually. Actually, you're 150 pounds overweight. Right. And you may be, you know, small compared to the group that you're seeing on a daily basis. It's not normal. Right. It's common, not normal. Yeah, common, not normal. So what are let's talk about some ways that preventive medicine can benefit health and wallet. First and foremost is lifestyle. This is a huge piece of the puzzle, what you choose to do. Things, you know, look deep in yourself. Look yourself in the mirror and honestly tell yourself or ask yourself, am I exercising enough? Is my spiritual life where it needs to be? Whatever that may be. Am I volunteering? Very important for overall health. Did you say diet? Um, oh, your diet. Yeah, I skipped right over diet. Your diet. What are you putting in your mouth? And it's funny because I, you know, I am one of those people. I mean, I'm certainly my toughest critic, but it's funny. I I can tell you exactly where I went wrong on my diet. I mean, I try really hard, but, um, you know, it for me personally, it was harder while I was pregnant. It's harder while I'm breastfeeding. For some reason, I am craving more than um, what I ever did before. And so I know where I messed up. But when I talk to people, they're just like, wait, like, that is a, you're eating extremely clean, um, which I guess I am from normal standards. But for my own sake, I mean, from where I normally am, I can tell you exactly where I'm right. off. Right. But what we find a lot is that if uh, for most people, if they're not writing it down, they don't really know what they I mean, they're no not good reporters no. as far as what they are eating. That's the big flawed thing in diet research is self-reporting data. My gosh, it's horrible. But. You know, ask yourself with your diet, are you eating healthy, real food or are you eating processed foods? If you're going to fast food restaurants, you're eating processed foods. If you're opening it out of a box, if you're opening it out of a can, all these things are processed foods. And that just needs to get out. I mean, that's one of those things. That's why when, you know, I talk to people, they're like, you're eating very clean. 
I would never touch a process, anything processed. I just don't. I don't do it. That doesn't even like enter into one of the, you know, into the realm of possibility for what I'm going to eat. And I think that's where, you know, you need to start from that kind of perspective of, okay, right. I'm you have only going to stand, gonna eat real food. You've got to stand strong in your convictions Because then that. you can go, you can maybe not be eating 100% what you'd like to, but you're not going to go that far off the rails. Right. Exactly. And, you know, do you exercise? Are you moving your keister from point A to point B four times a week? That's a that's a big piece. And there are some guys out there that are saying, you know what, this is actually four times a week isn't enough. You need to be doing it every single day. And I'm not so certain that they're wrong, that they're not correct. So, but let's start with four. Yeah, start with four. So, start, <laughs> with start with one. one. <laughs> start with one. Um, all right, we got to take a break. When we come back, we're going to finish, um, or we're going to continue on talking about um, ways that preventive medicine can benefit your health and your wallet. You're listening to Wellness 101. And welcome back to the show, everyone. Um, you're listening to Wellness 101, um, brought to you by the Institute of Natural Health. I'm Dr. TJ, and Aaron is is here in the uh, cockpit with me talking about um, preventive medicine today. And we're talking about things that ways that preventive medicine can benefit health and wallet. And one of the big ones that we just covered was lifestyle. We still got a couple of things I want to talk about that. Diet, exercise, spiritual life, and volunteering are big pieces of the puzzle. Volunteering, just touching on volunteering, giving back to the community gives this sense of accomplishment and well-being that is really not attainable with any other thing. It's a it, they're volunteering. There's lots of research that shows that volunteering is so good for overall health and wellness, and that people that volunteer are happier. Um, Individuals and healthier individuals. Well, and, and I'm I, not. I'm not talking about volunteering. You know, forty hours a week. I'm talking about you know, give some of your time to you know whatever the cause is that you like to help. Well, and I also want to. I mean, I don't even know that it needs to be something that's structured. I just think no. helping someone other than yourself. True. Makes it makes a huge difference in your life. It changes your perspective, and it I think is a good way to remind ourselves and you know our subconscious that we're all connected right and it that's a good thing because i think one of the big problems with you know all of our lives in like this modern society where we're all on our phones all the time is there isn't a lot of human connection right and this you know i mean by stepping outside of our own lives and helping someone else it has a huge impact on our own well-being So, I mean, selfishly, you're helping yourself as well. Right. So, I mean, that's I'm not even talking about, you know, going and actually volunteering at some, you know, like structured event. You can just, you know, helping out a neighbor, helping, you know, anyone other than yourself. Right. Exactly. Um, And if you really want to help, I mean, help someone move. That might not be the thing, though. Moving is the worst. I'm just going to throw it out there. Moving is the worst thing that are someone has to go through. Are you surprised, though? Like, every time oh. I have moved, there are people who offer to help. And I'm like, do I'm like, you mean are, that? Are like, you what crazy? What is wrong with you? <laughs> I just, I'm like, uh, they're, 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 they've got some sort of ulterior motive here because they're, they're going to ask me to help them no, move. No, people like, really no. are that nice. No. Well, I think that comes from us who are both, like, really skinny, scrawny people. Yeah, so. I, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. No, no, I don't. I won't ask you to help me move. Don't ask me no. to help you move. Um, so another I another will, one. Though. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's, true. that's I'll that's, help you organize. Yes. I've done that for many people. So th- another one is a spiritual life. This is a this is a key piece. There's lots of research that shows that prayer and or meditation really, really are crucial to 
personal health and happiness. Um, it's it's just one of those things. I'm I'm a, I'm a big proponent of gratitude journals and you know writing something down that you're grateful for every single day. Um, it's it's key key pieces to the puzzle as as far as that goes. Or just talking, you know. I mean, like. Okay, what is you know what was the best thing that happened to you today? I mean, we do yeah. that a lot just because I think it's good to actually verbalize it and actually like put your mind into a place where you're looking for the positive things that happened. Right. Best thing though that that happened in the last couple of weeks is Lincoln uh, found himself in the pterodactyl stage of his development. <laughs> <laughs> He's screaming at no re- for no reason, just yeah. laughing at himself, screaming. It's been fun. Um, I'm grateful for that. Um, <laughs> But next on the list um, of things that can help is heredity. Knowing your family history is can be very beneficial to you. And now, I am not of the belief that just because your grandpa had heart disease and your dad had heart disease that you are destined to have heart disease. That is the farthest thing from the truth. Your your genetic makeup doesn't. It's not like that, right? It's it's meant to be perfect and. Really what we're seeing is that it's not that these things are heredity. It's not the genes that are creating the problem. It's the fact that you grew up learning the same bad habits that your father learned who learned them those same bad habits from your grandfather. So these things are in families, but they're not necessarily hereditary in nature, right? If you learn to eat garbage and, you know, fried foods and just, you know, stuff that's terrible for you and never eat a vegetable and not exercise, if that's what you saw your parents doing, that's what you're more likely to do. So that's where... Yeah, I mean, to some extent, but there is also, there are some things that are, you know, I mean, like genetic predispositions. I mean, we, you know that we've got, you know, patients who come in, I think of one in particular, where the fibrinogen level was really high for no reason that we could think of. I mean, and then and there had been a family history of heart disease and passing away those passing away from heart disease. Right. Well, I mean, so if you do have people in your family who have had certain conditions, that's a good time to say, okay, I need to go and see a functional medicine practitioner because you can figure out, okay, what what is putting me at risk and what do I need to do to prevent it? Right. I mean, and that's really what we're going after with preventative medicine. That's right. Preventive medicine. Preventive medicine. Very good. Very good. Thanks. Uh, yeah, that's a that's a big big piece of the puzzle. So, figuring out why your your family members had the had the condition is is critical. That can help you determine where you are, and you know you're at a fork in a road. You know, do I take the same path that that my family took and end up with the same diseases, same problems, or do I choose a different path where I don't end up with those problems, those diseases? I choose a, a healthier way. It's it's out there. Um, another piece of this puzzle is chiropractic care. We don't talk a lot about chiropractic care and its benefits on the show. We, no, we really haven't. Um, but we are huge proponents of chiropractic m- care. Massive proponents. I mean, the benefits of chiropractic are just vast and immense. I mean, there's there's research out there. One one study that was published in uh, the Journal of Manipulative and Physiological Therapeutics. It showed that it looked at 
this it followed data for seven years, and over a seven-year period, patients who received chiropractic care had 60% fewer hospital admissions, 59% fewer days hospitalized, 62% fewer outpatient surgeries, and 85% fewer pharmaceutical costs. That's huge. That's massive. And really, this is looking, when you're looking in journal articles like this, they're looking at chiropractic care and its relief of pain and the associated issues with that. But when you really get into it, the overall health benefits of chiropractic are far exceed their, the benefits outweigh the cost a million fold. Yeah. I mean, it's just, this is just one of those things. I mean, I get adjusted several times a week. Yeah, as do I. Right. Um, and I really, you know, we have Dr. Lynn Wolf in our office who is absolutely fantastic. Um, and it and he's a good person. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, he's not just an amazing doctor. He's a good person. But, he cares. But he's also an amazing doctor. Yeah. And so, I mean, it, it really is one of those things that I think needs to be the basis of a lot of people's, you know, wellness plan. Um, you know, I mean, that needs to be the baseline because it's going to prevent so many of these other problems from ever getting started. Right. And we don't talk about it a lot because I think that there's so much out there about chiropractic care. But really, the one thing I will say is, um, you know, like with any practitioner you're going to see, really, you know, vet them out and make sure right. you're going to someone who is very highly trained and has been doing this for a long time. It will make a big difference. Right. That's you're exactly right. Um. Another reason is stress reduction. Another another reason that preventive medicine benefits your health and your wallet is stress reduction. So 75 to 90% of all doctor's visits are related to conditions caused by stress. I mean, that is just insane. And considering that stress is a big driver of chronic disease, I mean, this is a huge, huge thing. I mean, we're talking just obesity is a chronic disease. We looked at what was it, 140 to 210 million dollar billion dollar a year. We're not. That's just obesity. We're not even throwing in all the other chronic diseases like diabetes and and heart disease and lung disease and everything else that you can imagine that's a chronic problem. I mean, it's just caused by stress, right? A lot of things cause us stress, um, you know, and it's not just I want I want to be clear that the stress is not just the stress of getting up early in the morning, getting kids ready to go to school, getting them off to school, you know, making sure that they have the, the lunch that they need, getting them off to school, then getting yourself out the door to get to work to, you know, have a coworker that you have a problem with. And then a boss that you don't like and a job that you don't really care for. And then drive home in the in rush hour traffic, you know, drive in rush hour traffic for a second 45-minute stint to get home, to rush around, to get dinner ready, the kids bathe and in bed, to then do all the work that you need to do, to go to bed later than you should be, and then um, and then get up and do it all over again. I'm not talking about that stress. I'm talking about the stress also of not getting enough nutrients in your diet that day not getting enough exercise, not getting adequate levels of sleep. Well, it all kind of piles on top of each it other. It does pile on top of each other, but most people think of stress is as the, I've got to go do this, got to go do that. It's the go, go, go stress that they think about, and they don't think about the, I didn't get enough vitamin C today right. stress so that their body, body deals is, with. Yeah. And that's the sort of stuff that really, really matters. And you know, making sure that we're getting the nutrients that we need can can really help our body's ability to handle and deal with stress. I mean, that's a that's a big piece of this puzzle. That's my opinion, um, and it's 
pretty well fact. So <laughs> we'll just we'll just take that as gold and run with it. Um, we've got to take another break. When we come back, we're going to finish up talking about preventive medicine and ways that it can benefit your health and, and hopefully encourage some of you out there to to come over to the to the light side and 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 visit a preventive doctor and figure out what's going on so you don't end up with chronic disease. You're listening to Wellness 101. And welcome back to the show. It's our it's our last segment. This show has flown by It today. has, really. I mean, what in the world? It was just a minute ago that I was telling you that you were wrong and saying preventative, and it needs to be preventive. I think it's because preventive is so much shorter. Well, oh, yeah. yeah. Made it go by really fast. Really quick, yeah. yeah. Um, so... Before the break, we were talking about, um, and most of the show, we've been talking about ways preventive medicine can benefit health and wallet. And you know, we're, this is one of those things we're we're dealing with skyrocketing healthcare costs, and it most of our healthcare costs are being spent on chronic disease, and chronic disease is preventable. So why not find a doc, a functional medicine practitioner, preventive doctor who does this sort of work that can help you become the healthiest person that you can be, you can optimize your health and wellness, and keep you from getting chronic disease. Do what we can to to actually truly prevent this stuff from happening. So the last thing, um, the last way that we'll talk about is utilizing other alternative treatments. So there are lots of, of different types of alternative treatments out there that are, and we say alternative as the, as the term that encompasses non-conventional pill for an ill doctor's um, what we're talking about here. So, you know, you, there's a lot to be said for, for alternative health and, and, uh, and those types of practitioners. A lot of times the treatments that are recommended by alternative practitioners are less expensive. They're easier on the body. They are healthier in the long run. Those are the big three, right? I mean, you know, when, if you decide to choose, you know, conventional health care treatments, hey, fine, that's, that's your choice, right? But a lot of times their answer is going to be wait and see, do nothing, or they're going to tell you that you're perfectly fine, or they're going to throw a medication at you, which may or may not help and in all likelihood is going to have side effects. Right. 100%, I mean, 100% of drugs have side effects, right? And so, I mean, what if visiting a holistic care doc, a chiropractor, a nutritionist, massage therapist, acupuncturist, anything like that may be a, a better place to start and right. will save money in the long run. Well, and that's really where I think that we come in. And I know that we don't consider our clinic as, you know, alternative medicine, really. We're kind no. of bridging the gap between, True. Um, you know, the two conventional and alternative kind of, you know, our whole approach is let's take what actually works by taking what, you know, some things from alternative medicine, some things from a conventional medicine and actually just figure out for each unique patient what is going to work and actually get them better. Right. Sometimes we pull from one side more than the other. Um, sometimes it's a complete combination of the two. But it's actually looking at each individual person, not like, oh, you have the con- this condition. This is what we do for you. Right. But really, that's one of the ways that um, well, it's I mean, really the best way that you can prevent um, you know, any sort of disease process from happening is figure out what your baseline is, figure out where you're at, and then get on a plan to keep yourself healthy. Get yourself healthy and then keep yourself healthy. Yeah, get healthy, stay healthy. Because I think a lot of times people are looking at, you know, I mean, they will go to alternative medicine as 
a like, last ditch, right? A last resort. I, I can't and, tell you how many times we've had people sit in our office and say, "Well, you're my last hope." And I want to look at them and say, "Why didn't you come here first? Right? Why am I last? That's that makes no sense. But I'm I mean, the person that helps you prevent the problem in the first place. Yeah, which I mean is certainly true. But if you're, but you we know, help we help you as well, right? And and if you lump us with other alternative health practitioners were your best bet certainly Darn i mean because are. um you know we're actually going to kind of look at you know both sides and figure out what you need um one of the things with a lot of alternative treatments is that they are gentler on the body but a lot of times they will take longer to work and mm-hmm. they won't work if you're too far gone or you're on too many medications because right. that's going to screw up the whole process and your body you know a lot of alternative um or if the even bigger than that, or if the true problem, uh, the true root of the of the problem, hasn't actually been discovered yet. Right. No. A lot of people come in thinking they have this diagnosis, and that's exactly what's wrong with them. And when in fact, there's other things that are actually driving their diagnosis that they were given is actually a symptom of a much bigger problem. Having the high blood pressure as a as a diagnosis really is just, high blood pressure is a symptom of other problems going on. Right. No, right. exactly. And it's I think not a, that's not a diagnosis that, you know, is the end all be all. Right. And I think, you know, there are times when people certainly get frustrated when they come to our clinic, like, well, this is what it is. What do you do for this? And we're like, well, we don't know that that's what it is. Um, you know, I mean, that's what some other conventional doctor has told you it is or all or alternative practitioner. Right. We don't know that that's actually the case, because from what, you know, the labs are that you're giving us. You can't know that for sure. Right. I mean, so um, that was their guess. And we're not going to guess with you because that's not what we do. Um, You know, the other thing is we do get a lot of people. I mean, there are times when alternative treatments are not going to help. I mean, and that's why we kind of bridge the gap. But there are also things that, you know, I mean, we have our own limitations also. I mean, we unfortunately get some emails from people where, you know, they'll have a certain genetic issue, something that, you know, requires surgical intervention. And we'll have to say, you know, hey, you know, we can help give you a referral, but we can't do that. You know, I mean, and and stay away from alternative treatments until you get this taken care of because you could make yourself worse. So it certainly does happen. Right. And yeah, you're absolutely right. It does happen. I mean, there's just there's there's a lot of things out there to to think about. I mean, if you're trying to figure out, like Aaron said before, um, if you're if you're thinking about the possibility of of well, maybe I should go there, or maybe I shouldn't. The decision has been made. You've already made that decision. Go ahead and act on that, and go find someone. I mean, don't wait. If you're healthy, that's the perfect time to go because that gives you a baseline of where you are. So everything that's tested from that point forward can go back to. Hey, this is what it was when I was healthy. If something goes awry or goes wrong, you can come back and say, well, here I am five years later. And if we go back and compare, this is where I was, but this is where I am now. You can see the trends. Well, the the right practitioner, the, those lab results in the right hands can see the trends, can see the problems and figure out what exactly is going on with that. So that's a big, big piece of the puzzle as far as, you know, Getting getting in at the right time. If you're already in a bad way, you're already suffering with a chronic condition. That too is a great time to go figure out what can be done. Where can I? Where can I be? You know, what functional medicine practitioner can can help me figure out how to turn this around and 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 get the boat back in the harbor and stop going the wrong direction. 
There are so many things that are out there and so many things that can be done. Just find the right person for you. Not all not all functional medicine practitioners are created equal. We are we we are different. Some do not have the same training as others. Some do not have the same level of understanding. Finding one that's right for you is very important. So that's about all the time we've got for today. Please visit our website, theinstituteofnaturalhealth.com. Visit, um, uh, follow us on Facebook, on Instagram. Call us. Our phone number is 314-293-8123. Message us. We love to hear from you. We'll get back with you as soon as we can. For Aaron, I'm Dr. TJ. This has been Wellness 101. Thanks for listening.